Hello and welcome to my Camino, the podcast. Firstly, I've been absolutely overwhelmed by the support for Somewhere Along the Way, the Camino song. I was playing a show at Sydney's oldest pub, the Fortune of War Hotel in the Rocks, last Sunday, and the crowd insisted I play the song for them three times. So can I just say, I'm so grateful. The beautiful video shot by the incredibly talented Bill Bennett has been viewed already more than 20,000 times in a week. I'm just incredibly touched and grateful. Thank you. That's enough about me. But I wonder, do you think enough about you? Aristotle said, knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom. Well, a book arrived on my desk this week, and it's an interesting yarn. The Camino, as many of you know, is an ancient mystical and spiritual path across Europe. People who walk are considered pilgrims. Grant Kitchen walked the Camino back in 2010. He's an Australian, and he met a young German girl on the way. He fell in love moved to Germany and began teaching English to business people in Bavaria. The Camino completely transformed his life, and he says it opened his eyes to the prospect of being able to chase your dream. So, he's written a book about it called The Dream. It's a practical guide to support individuals to reach their potential. The Dream. Grant's on the line from Germany. Welcome, Pilgrim. Hi, Dan. Hi. Uh, thanks for having me, and uh, thank you for this opportunity to talk about the um, Camino. It's an uh, absolute pleasure. You know, let's get to the book in a moment, but first tell us about you and the Camino de Santiago. Yeah, so Dan, um, I found out about the Camino. I was reading a book called The um, uh, Pilgrimage by uh, um, Paulo Coelho. Uh, he's the author of The Alchemist. I'm not sure if you have heard of him, but. Of course, yes, yes, yes. Great book. Yeah, so he writes like a spiritual fantasy, um, um, adventure type books. And, uh, I was reading it on the train on the way home from work. And yeah, I just fell in love with this story of a man trying to find himself as he was on a pilgrimage and I was thinking like because the book was so detailed it had maps in it and it had all different things and he was using names of towns and I was like is this actually real is there is there such a thing so I went on the internet I did some research and I found out yeah this is actually you can actually do this um, and so, yeah, I did some more research. I sent an email to a man in Canberra and he had a whole website, um, about the Camino and yeah, through some investigation, I thought this is the right thing, uh, for me. Um, but what's really interesting and I've already heard on your podcast, Dan, uh, Really, the you choose the Camino, but the Camino also chooses you. Uh, and what you want from the Camino is not actually what you need. And I thought, yes, this is all going forward. I'm going to, um, um, I'm going to do this. And then uh, something happened, and a work opportunity came up, and I couldn't turn it down. So I said no to the Camino. 
then two years later, I was suffering from some uh, problems with my health. Uh, I've had epilepsy for most of my life, and the pressure that I, uh, that I was under with work was immense, and I was starting to have episodes, and I had to stop. I had to stop. And I had three months at home thinking, what will I do now? Uh, and this, then the Camino came straight back up. It came straight back to me. And I thought, all right, now is the right time. And it was the right time for me personally because I had a good reason to go. Uh, I've been working in the corporate industries for many, many years. And success has been a large part of my life. And now I was ready to do something different. I was ready to ask the internal uh, questions and, and find out who I am. So it's 2010. Uh, let's talk about the Camino, the practicalities. How far did you walk? Where did you begin? What months did you walk? So I left in May. Uh, I uh, left from St. John. Um, uh, so just on the other side of the, um, uh, Pyrenees, um, I walked to Finisterra. So I did, uh, 900 kilometers, um, in regards to, uh, preparation, mine wasn't the best, Dan. I was a little bit, uh, um, I was a little bit silly. I didn't do hardly any training at all. I went to Kathmandu to... Uh, buy my bag and clothes and everything. Yeah. I bought too much stuff. Um, and then I did one walk with my bag on my back with my uh, brother-in-law. And then I just got on the plane and I uh, flew to Europe. And really as a consequence, uh, when I finished the Camino, I spent um, a week and a half in bed uh, from... Yeah, I would, I, so I'd go to bed from like um, 11 and I wouldn't get up until two o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, my body was exhausted and still to this day, uh, I still get pains in my calf muscles. So they cramp up and I take um, uh, magnesium to stop me from cramping. So I, it was a little bit, uh, I was a little bit stupid when it came to the training. So you did you did one walk before you left. So let me ask walk. you then: You're flying to Spain from Australia, and you're about mm. to under you're under. Uh, what then did you expect? Did you expect it just to be this sort of casual stroll? Well, no. Um, I I was working, and because uh, yeah, with my um, responsibilities with work, and I just was okay, I'm going to do this, and uh, silliness, Dan, I just thought, yeah, this is fine, <laughs> I can walk this, mate, this is not a problem, uh, and uh, I didn't put any thought really involved in regards to training. I did When it comes to the equipment and books and everything, sure, uh, um, I was ready, but the training, I took, I took for granted my body, and I thought that everything would be fine. How amazing. How far into the walk did you realize I'm in strife? <laughs> um, I'm happy to say, and I can brag, Dan, that I had no blisters, no buses. 
So, uh, and I didn't feel like I was in strife the entire time that I was on there. Uh, it was only after, and the sleeping was fine, but it's really my legs over the last few years have started to uh, say to me, hey, mate, you really should have done some training. <laughs> <laughs> well, you survived. That's the main thing. And you've got a great story to tell about that survival. And let's get to that now. Why are we so scared to dream, Grant? Um, well, Charles... Uh, 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 Charles Dunick, the uh, author of The Power of Habit, says that 30 to 40% of our um, behavior is based on habits. Uh, and I, I think that as humans, we, uh, we get stuck in some of those habits. Sometimes our habits are good, yeah, but sometimes they can stop us from, from um, achieving our goals. And uh, one of those uh, one of those things is the human mind. Um, I've spent a lot of time with a Buddhist monk, and he showed me different uh, concentration levels of the mind. And these concentration levels purposely sabotage the way that you think. Um, for example, there is one uh, concentration level which is in the book, and it's called endless searching. And uh, endless searching is the perfect man inside of you. It's the it's the perfect person who is always wants one hundred and twenty percent from everything. And he's a really he's a bit of a sad guy because he you know he doesn't focus. On the 80% that you do well, he only focuses on what you don't have. And this is one concentration level which stops us from, from uh, reaching um, our dreams. Uh, I use this example in, uh, in my book where there's a young girl who is looking to get the perfect dinner dress. And she gets online and she goes from website to website looking for that perfect one. And she sees an 8 out of 10. She sees a 9 out of 10. But there's no 10 out of 10. And she then then gets lost in the process of searching. And she doesn't actually reach her goal. Um, and that is really the perfect person inside of us it's never satisfied it always wants more and um uh, yeah this is this is one thing uh, stephen hawking says that one of the basic rules of the universe is that nothing is perfect um perfectionism simply doesn't exist without imperfection neither you nor i would exist and so I feel that I feel that people uh, with their habits, you know, um, and also with how their mind stops them from actually identifying their true potential. Well, how many of us do you think reach our potential? Well, I don't want to make a yeah. Well, this is a really good point, Dan. Like 
Um, I, there are millions and millions of people out there which are reaching their goals every single day of their life. There's a people reaching out and getting their dreams. Uh, you know, people have done it for centuries. Uh, I don't want to say, I don't want to put everyone into one box. Sure. Um, it's, uh, everybody is, uh, and it's not just black and white either. People are kicking goals every day. And, and, and sometimes they are not. And really with my book, um, I would like to, it's really broken down into three concepts. And the first concept is, so my book is really a, it is some tools that can help you to identify your dreams, but it's also, it's also a confirmation for people. So people are, uh, doing it already. Um, but really the dream is broken down into three concepts and the Dr. Wayne Dyer said that don't die with your music still in you. And I think Dan, I think that you can really yeah. appreciate this. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. I love that saying. I really do. You know, yeah. He he uh, went on to say, like, some of us hear a different drummer and we must march to the, to the music we hear. Yeah. And this is really important because the three concepts of, um, uh, of my book is that, so the first concept is skills. And skills mean, so there is 7.5 billion people in the world. And there's no one like you. Dan, there is no one like you. You are an original. I'm sure your wife or your girlfriend can really, would probably be happy that there's only one of you. <laughs> um, but, That's for but, sure. <laughs> uh, but there, there is only one of you. But what is really interesting is uh, that the world population is growing exponentially uh, well, well, has grown uh, um, exponentially over the last 200 years. You know, like we're not we're not producing the same product over and over. Every single day around the world, a new soul comes into the world, and they have their own skills. And I was like, okay, so if someone's specific, if there's no one exactly like Dan Mullins then Dan Mullins has something that no one else has. And then I focus on, and then I think, okay, he must have a set of skills. He must have something that someone else doesn't have, which is specific to Dan Mullins. Um, and then I thought to myself, okay, all right. So if we have, so Dan uh, has these skills, what are these skills for? And... I thought, okay, what are these skills for? And Dr. Martin uh, Luther King says that nobody or not everybody can be famous, but everybody can be great. And greatness comes from service. And through my studies and research, I've come to realize that the skills that you have what they are used for, they're used for in a process of service, service to others, service to your family, service 
to your local community, surface to your town, to your state, to your country, to the international community, that is about surface, a selfless process of you providing your skills to somebody else. And those are really the first, those are the first two concepts of um, what the dream is about. Your skills, what are your skills, and in which service could you give yourselves to somebody else? So what's number three? And, and so number three is, uh, I would be uh, irresponsible of me not to say, okay, yeah, fine, Dan, you just go and find your skills and then you find your service and then happy days, then you can um, um, uh, get your dreams. Sure. No, no, <laughs> it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work like that <laughs> because uh, we all know that life is hard. It is difficult. And I have already highlighted that one of our main obstacles is our mind. And unfortunately, our mind can either be the um, director of our lives or it can, or it can make us the um, prisoner of our lives. And so the third one is mindfulness. And I am, as I already mentioned, I spent some time with a Buddhist monk and he showed me these concentration levels. And uh, I think that the first, and with Buddhism, they say that the first source of suffering is ignorance. So uh, I think it's our job to be aware that yes, our mind can help us, but hey, it can also be a big problem. And I've been, uh, medit I, I've been meditating for eight years now and uh, understanding these five concentration levels in our mind and understanding that our mind is sometimes not helping us will, will allow a process of mindfulness to come forward and allow you to implement your skills with the service that you find for you. And the three really work together. The, the book is called The Dream. My, my guest this week is Grant Kitchen, an Australian pilgrim who now lives in Germany, an author and, and, a, and a speaker. And he presents often uh, about this book, The Dream. It's about, in many ways, what Aristotle said at the top of the program. I said, knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom. Grant, if you can, sum up for my listeners in a nutshell, what is what you call the truth of life? Um, so the truth of life is that we don't know the truth of life. That's, that's one of the truths. Um, I would say that... Number one, this is a very big question, Dan. <laughs> um, really, for me, the number one thing is know yourself. Know who you are. And by knowing who you are, uh, you then have the direction to take on life and to take on the challenges that you will uh, most probably encounter. 
So to know thyself means that that you have an intention, Dan. That means you have an intention of what you want to do with your life. Uh, I already said this with the Camino that I was sick from my work and uh, I didn't want to have success with in the corporate industries in, uh, anymore. I wanted to find some questions. I wanted to ask some questions of myself. And it's the same here. And I had an intention on the Camino just to ask some questions of myself. Um, and that intention is very important. So when somebody wants to achieve their goals in their life, I think they've got to have a clear intention. Um, and intention is a very important word because you don't know what's going to happen in the future and you don't know what things are going to come into your life. So you can invest all your energy into your intention. Um, that would be one of the number ones for me. Um, number two would be what you do today is what you are tomorrow. So, um, really what you do today is what, uh, will come back to you. Um, that would be another one of mine. Um, and look, I think that we really, uh, like what you said with the Aristotle statement, I think it's our responsibility to uh, understand ourselves. Um, and this might s sound quite abstract, Dan, okay? So please stay with me with this one. Yeah. Um, that it's like our, our brains uh, are instruments to understand consciousness so uh that means that uh consciousness is outside of us it's it's not necessarily inside our brains and our brains are a tool that will allow us to interpret consciousness so our our brain and our body is like a vehicle and uh it's our job going back to those five concentration levels it's our job to be able to make sure that our car is running smoothly and that we're not uh listening to our mind in the sense that will create obstacles in our lives that will sabotage yeah. our thoughts yeah yeah that's i think that yeah that's very very important i just wonder then grant how much of one's destiny is what you want to achieve and how much is what you were put here to achieve? Really good. Another really good question, Dan. Um, well, uh, if you look at it uh, in a sense of, and I also mentioned this in the book, if you look at it in a sense of probability. So I said to you already, what I do now is what I will be tomorrow. So if I do a lot of good things now, if I'm mindful today, uh, and if I make good choices, if I'm doing my service to the world with the skills that I have, then it will just build. It will build and build and build and cause and effect will come in. 
and you become more of the great thing that you are and you are on that train and you build that train with your positive good actions and then so if you're consistently building your life with a with trying to live an honest life and using the consciousness that comes to you then you're accumulating uh very positive energy uh, and therefore, so the probability of you experiencing new positive experiences in the future are higher. So I think that probability would be a sense of uh, destiny, would be a sense of uh, things which are given to you through your own actions. So it's a real balance between your actions and what and and what comes to you. Um, but as I already said already, Dan, is that there's 7.5 billion people in the world. So you are born at a certain time in a certain place to a certain mother. And all these different sets of circumstances have created a unique, beautiful soul. And in there are things which are given to you already and that you are born with, I believe, if you observe children at a very early age and you ask any parent, the personality is quite um, distinct at those early stages. Um, so uh, I think I really hope that I answered your question you there. Did. It's a good it's a good balance between both, Dan. Yeah, you know, you did answer the question, Grant, and the reason that I asked it is, and you mentioned about being important as children i want to get to that because that's an important part of our discussion but first i think in, in reading the book you ha you make the point that you have to identify what it is you truly want to achieve and and that in many ways for many people is a great challenge isn't it yeah definitely definitely um i think uh that you yeah, I think I think that people again coming back to the mind, Dan, and coming back to to experiences and influences. Like, let's just be absolutely clear here that you know a child is influenced from their parents from the beginning. You know, and, and they become these, and they like I see friends and their children, and they are they just like mirrors of their parents. They're copying everything that they're doing. And so the parents play a huge part in life and some parents can transfer consciously or unconsciously habits um, which may be not beneficial to that child or to that person or it really depends on how you see it. It's an, um, but um, and through those um, transfer of different, um, uh, uh, different experiences, and also with a person having bad experiences and not having the consciousness to understand, hey, there was some good in this. It wasn't all bad. You know, a person builds up. They just they build up these walls inside of them. And I really feel for them. You know, I have already said that Charles uh, um, Dunhig said that 30 to 40% of our behavior is habits. And... You know, I really feel for people that we are a little bit uh, predictable. We're looking for safe environments. 
we're looking to be comfortable. Um, one doctor said that to me, that humans are looking to be comfortable. That's really interesting. So there, there's a buildup of influence from the parents through not seeing the truth of your experience, especially when you have a bad one. You know, you go and you take it so personally, which is understandable. We all do. It goes into our heart. It, it uh, poisons us. And we hold on to these things. And therefore, they cripple us in uh, being able to take on new experiences. Yeah. And uh, this happens, you know. And um, coming back to your skills and your service, sometimes our bad experiences... Um, cripple Alex, uh, will it, it take away our ability to identify what are our true skills and how can I put that into a process of service? But, the, but you also say in the book that we lose sight of dreams we held as children. And it, that's very much a part of the shaping of the dream, isn't it? Yeah. So... Yes, we do. I, I I don't think that we should ever lose the child inside of us. Um, can you just uh, stay with me here on this story? It's a very, very important story that I would like to share with you. Of course. Um, um, I, I, I always had the dreamer inside of me, and I always wanted to find the reason why I'm here. And... Uh, I read the book, The um, Pilgrimage, because I'm a dreamer. I'm sitting on the train coming home from work going, oh, I could see myself doing that. Yeah, walking across the country and uh, yeah, that would be great. And so I did it because I'm a dreamer. I did the Camino because I'm a dreamer. And it was, it's pretty funny is that on my walk, so on the Camino, I met a German woman and uh, it was really a quite interesting experience. I was actually two. So there was a, um, Alexandra and a, um, Magdalena and uh, we got talking and at first it was a little bit uncomfortable, but after with a bit of small talk, we were having a great time and we spent a week and a half together and uh, it's something happened in that week and a half and Magdalena and I, we started to have feelings for each other, but there was a little bit of, um, something happened. There was something, there was a big elephant in the room and the big elephant in the room was that Magdalena was already, uh, seeing somebody and her and I were both uncomfortable about this situations and things were it was getting pretty intense and then dan you know on the camino uh, <laughs> people the uh, empathy levels are so much higher all we have is the bag on our backs yeah and life is so simple and people are so willing to share themselves probably more so than what they are with their normal nine to five uh um lives and Magdalena and I, we were just, we were starting just to connect with each other in a very honest way. And I felt, you know, I had a, I had a, again, coming back to the mind, Dan, I had something in my head where I went, no, 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 um, uh, I can't do this. 
I'm not going to go near a woman who already, who's already, who already has a man. Uh, I don't want to cut anyone's grass. And it was something that I was, I was, you know, I stood by. And this, this is how I want to live my life. And I want to treat people the same way. And um, so I said goodbye to Magdalena. I said goodbye to her. And I said, look, you know, even though it was very difficult for both of us, we think this is not this is not going to work. And when I was in the uh, Santiago, as you know, Dan, um, uh, big party, massive party. Everyone's having a good drink. Like I'm not talking a party for a night. I'm talking like a three day party. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, uh, did you have the same, Dan? Like, no, I got in and out pretty quick. I was. Okay. I was only over there for All a night. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, we had a so we had a big party and and I was in a bar and I was in a bar and I I was with a big group of people and everybody started to get a little bit touchy feely with each other. You know, they would be drinking, of course, but they wanted to celebrate what they had experienced together. And uh, I was sitting there and I was thinking and I and I and I said to my friend at the bar, I was like. What 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 have I done? What have I done? I had a great opportunity with Magdalena. I I you know only through my judgment of of what was going on, I turned it away. And now and I could have let a real great opportunity go. And I said to myself, look, if if I see Magdalena in Santiago again, I'm gonna. I'm going to take this opportunity. And then 15 minutes later, I look out the window and Magdalena is walking past. <laughs> I was like, and I just dropped my beer. Fantastic. I walked out. Oh, man, it was crazy. Uh, I, I walked out. Uh, I said, Magdalena, we need to talk. We, we really need to talk. And we spent the whole night together in Santiago walking around talking about our feelings for each other and yeah then we did the whole email thing and we said okay the first one to contact the other person magdalena was flying back to germany and and i was uh i was uh, um keep on walking so so i kept on walking to cape um, um finisterra and so i was back onto the pilgrimage and Magdalene was flying back to Germany and the whole time to Finisterra I'm just on um, repeating on my mind as what's going on here what should I do uh, have I have uh, do I still have her email uh, uh, and it's just going through I was even in a, a internet cafe and I took everything out of my bag because I thought that I lost her email address and I threw everything out on the ground and uh, luckily, um, I found it, and I sent her an email, and I said, Magdalena, I want to come to you. I want to, I want to come to Germany. And she said, yeah, okay, all right, come. So, yeah, I flew from Santiago to, to uh, Munich, and I spent two of the most amazing weeks of my life. Hang on, what about the other um, one? <laughs> uh, um, this is a yeah. Uh, 
Mag, uh, Magdalena was was dealing with this other side. It was a very ambiguous situation here, right. Dan. And, uh, but we were going with our hearts, and awesome. this is what this is uh, this is the story of what I'm trying to say to you here about being the dreamer and going with your heart because it's not just some words that are coming out here and just thoughts in your mind. It actually is. It's actually a practical thing that you can implement in your life and can change your life. And I, I, uh, yeah, I uh, flew back to Sydney and we were Skyping together and, uh, yeah, you know what it's like to fall in love, Dan, in the first six months, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, you know, you can't get enough of each other, yeah? <laughs> no, well, exactly. And, and you're, you're in, in Australia, do you mind? You can't get much further away than Germany. Yeah. And, uh, and so, uh, we were, I, we were Skyping every day. I was Skyping at uh, uh, three o'clock in the morning and, um, we said, look, we've got to do something about this. This is, this is not working. You know, we can't do this for the rest of our lives. So, um, we decided that it was best for me to start my life in Germany. And three months after the Camino, I packed my bags. I got on a plane, flew to Germany and I started again with Magdalena. Um, and it just so happens, and Dan, I think that you will really appreciate this, that where we were living, there was a church, a St. James Church, 50 meters down the road. <laughs> it had St. James, it had a statue of St. James at the back, and this was a nice little omen to confirm this whole process, and the Camino was influencing me well after I had finished you know, and um, it's funny. And to come to the point here, uh, sorry if it's a real long story. It's but, not. It's not. Um, I'm loving it. Uh, to I came to Germany. I didn't know anything, um, and I did no again no research. As you can tell, sometimes my preparations are not the best. I just go with my heart, and I just and I just jump into it. So I jump into it. I don't know any German. I can't, I don't know what to do. I'm standing, I'm standing in Magdalena's um, apartment going, what the hell? Like, what do I do now? Um, and then Magdalena said, well, you need to do an uh, integration course. So I said, all right, I need to do an integration course. And these integration courses, they're six month full time learning German and the German culture and it's pretty intense but it was fine uh, and during my studies I went to I went to the director of the college and I and I said to her um, look I have a soft skills training background and English is my mother language um, is it possible that I could teach a business English course here and uh, she said, yeah, sure, fine. So I did one. Then I did two. Then I went to a different college. I did another one. And I did another one. Five years later, I had worked with 11 international companies. I had hired two contractors to help me with the work. Uh, 
And this is all because I decided to follow my heart and to follow Magdalena because I love her. I, Magdalena and I, we, um, we got married uh, um, two years ago and we expect our first child next year. Uh, we moved into a house and look, um, this is all because, and the reason why I'm telling you this is this is, this is all because of one man's willingness to dream uh, and, and also Magdalena, of course. So uh, I completely forgot your question. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, that is just uh, a fantastic <laughs> story, Grant. And um, it's, it's interesting because you, you wrote the book after finding the space and clarity on the Camino to, 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 to dream. The book is called The Dream. Now, if you'll forgive yes. me, it's a little bit glib, but you're kind of living the dream. There's one aspect yes. of the book, though, I want to go back to because I, I think it's very interesting. It's not just this kind of new agey thing. It, it is, in actual fact, a business guide to help people realize their, their business goals as well and a reference book to help sort of navigate challenging life experiences. So, That's right. Yeah. So, so it's not just this kind of, oh, I've got a dream and I, I want, I need... But it's also, hey, I'm going through a little bit of a rough trot, a little little bit of difficult time. I just need a little bit of reinforcement. Yes, uh, Dan, uh, yes. So to your first point, um, yes, it's a business book as well. So I have uh, 10 to 15 years working as a soft skills uh, um, trainer, and I also have my own business, so um, GK speaking. So I'm self-employed. So, um, and I really wanted to capture both audiences because life just doesn't just doesn't stop with a self-help. You know, but life is also business as well, and we spend one third of our lives working. Um, and I think that uh, I've given here a lot of practicality for allow. Uh, a person to, you know, I, the first chapter is what is your original dream yeah. intention? Yeah. And I've already, and I've already highlighted that. And that intention um, encapsulates not just your personal endeavors, but it also in, um, encapsulates your business goals. And there's many different uh, chapters in the book, which are focusing on business customer, psychology, networking, how to identify your dream job that is also there. So uh, it's a little bit of everything for everybody. And, you know, I work with people every day uh, and I love people. And I think that sometimes going back to these five concentration levels in our mind and going back to that our habit is uh, habits consist of 40% of what we do. Uh, I think that people are a little bit alone, you know, they are alone in this world. Uh, you know, we've got social media, we're in contact with everybody all the time. Communication is at an all time high. 
<laughs> with uh, uh, with technology. But as a paradox of all this, I think that a lot of people uh, feel alone and trying to deal with themselves and. And that's why the book is uh, more of a tool. It's kind of like a friend as well that you can pick up next to the side of your bed. And hopefully it's uh, motivational because then I, uh, I've already, I've already said to you 7.5 billion people in the world, everybody's different. And I believe if everybody can identify their skills and their service, this world is a better place, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree with that entirely. I, I mm. wonder. I've got three more questions. In fact, I've got twenty-three more questions, but I've just run a line <laughs> through twenty of them because you've answered most of them. Okay. Can a dream become a nightmare? Um. The greatest love of all is forgiveness, in my opinion. And I don't believe in nightmares. Uh, I believe some people can go to some very dark places, um, but um, I don't believe in nightmares. And uh, forgiveness is yeah. omnipresent. Uh, it never does not uh, forgive. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, um, uh, Oprah Winfrey has a has a show called, uh, and she was doing Buddhism um, with uh, some inmates in a prison cell, which are on uh, death row. And they were doing ancient meditation techniques to study their levels of anger and to study the psychology of them. And if the meditation could improve them, and uh, and it did for uh, most of them. And uh, nobody, nobody is out of out of that space of um, um, forgiveness. Great so, answer. Okay, how much sacrifice is required to reach our potential to achieve our dream? My experience is that uh, just before I, you are about to break, and a really good opportunity comes. So, yeah. That's the perfect answer. Uh, That's the perfect answer. You don't need to say any more than that. Mm -hmm. What do you say, Grant, or think, when you hear someone say, be careful what you pray for, you just might get it? Completely agree. Um, that I've already said to you, what you do today is what you will be tomorrow. Um, so, uh, I think if you do a lot of each day, if you're doing the same thing, that's what you are. Um, but, and, and you've got to be very careful here that life is very literal. It can be very literal and that's where, uh, cause and effect and, probability come in if you if you say i want to find the dream job where uh you know where i will be success and i'll have lots of money and i'll have a great home 
It's like, then life will give that to you. It will, it will give you what you asked for. But what did you ask for? What sacrifices do you have to do uh, in order to achieve that? So when I, life is very literal, so be very careful with your words um, and be, you know, uh, be aware that life will give you exactly what you ask for. And I, the, I think the really the question is, what are you asking for? So be aware, have, um, have awareness of your intention. You know, the Camino... Pardon me. The Camino is a metaphor for life. Some days are better than others, and some days are easier than others. Some days we feel like it's hard. It's a hard slog. I don't know if I have the energy. How do you keep motivated? Does it take a certain mental fitness to maintain the energy required to fulfil potential? You are obviously very motivated spiritually and mentally. Does that take a kind of fitness, like it takes a certain fitness to walk the Camino? Um, I, I, so I, I already said to you that, that our brain is the, is the tool that interprets, that interprets consciousness. So, um, to answer your question, uh, a lot of energy can be given to you because you have accumulated that energy through every life practice that you do every day. You know, if Dan Mullins is has been focusing on his on his dreams, trying to trying to to fulfill his service to the world for two or three years, then you have momentum, Dan. Yeah. You're on the on the Dan Mullins train, and hey, you're going at eighty kilometers an hour because you earned that. You know, you worked hard for that. Who you are now, Dan. And what you have achieved, and you are doing great things, you know, by sharing the word of the um, Camino, you know, you're um, you're a singer, songwriter, Jesus, you know, there's some great stuff that you're doing, but you earned that through your years of hard work. So um, momentum plays a very large part, but when you have a big life opportunity that is coming for you, I believe that you can have a bit of a downer. You can go down a little bit and lose energy because sometimes change comes when you can't go on anymore. Wow. What an interview. (laughs) Grant, I have absolutely loved talking to you uh, and sharing with you your journey because What you've learned through your journey is something that all of my listeners will appreciate. I'm absolutely certain. It's a brilliant journey you've taken, both in the wake of your Camino and telling the world that it's okay to dream. It's okay to dream. Why should we be frightened of that? And I think when I very first asked you, the very first question I said, why are we afraid to dream? I think the message you have given us today And the message you got from the Camino was it's okay to dream. Indeed, dream on. Dream as much as you can. Because that's where we see our future and our vision. Would that be fair enough? Dan, uh, 
bring it on, you know, <laughs> like bring it on. Like I really like, uh, you've got a simple choice, you know, and I've already said from uh, Wayne uh, Dyer, you know, don't die with your music still in you. Uh, uh, I don't think that you've got a choice, Dan, to be absolutely honest with you. Um, I think if you don't do it now, you're going to do it sometime in the future. You're going to do it. Uh, we're talking about here to understand yourself and to make the world a, a better place through a service, through your skills. If you don't do it now, you're going to do it in the future. And uh, do you want to suffer? Do you want to live in a hostile world or do you want to live with love and do you want to give back to others? And I know what I want to do. So, yeah, just go for it. The dream. Thanks right. so much for your time, Grant. I look forward to our paths crossing at some stage. And I feel like us talking is a step toward both of us reaching our dream. Um, well, look, I think so. I hope so. Uh, thank you for reaching out, Dan. Uh, you know, you've showed some really good awareness here. And uh, yeah, uh, thank you for uh, sharing this experience with me. Thanks, Grant. And Buen Camino. Uh, 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 buen Camino, Dan. My guest this week, Grant Kitchen, an Australian pilgrim now living in Germany. You can buy Grant's book, The Dream, via Booktopia and Amazon, or via Grant's website, gkspeaking.com, gkspeaking.com. It was Aristotle who said, knowing yourself is the beginning of all wisdom. Grant Kitchen is helping us search. The Camino is such a wonderful part of the journey of discovery. Maybe it's trying to tell us something. I hope so. I'm Dan Mullins. Thanks for your company this week and every week. Buen Camino.